Welcome back to the Therapy for Real Life podcast. This is not therapy. This is real life. And today we're going to talk about 10 hacks for better sleep. Sleep is one of the most common topics that people talk about in therapy, out of therapy. I mean, just for yourself, think of the last 10 people. Um, You know, you said, how are you doing? And how many of them brought up sleep? either lack of sleep, quality of sleep, finally getting sleep. Um, I really admire Ariana Huffington's work in this area. She has a book on um, sleep hygiene that breaks it down. So I forget the title of that, but that's a really good resource. Um, And I'm going to give you my list of um, 10, you know, best bang for your buck Um, interventions that you can do to improve your sleep. So feel free to take notes or you can visit therapyforreallife.com and check out the self-care tips section. You're going to see a lot of self-care listicles on there, um, including this one. So 10 hacks for better sleep. Number one, teach your body when it's time to sleep by keeping a regular routine. This is going to sound super intuitive to you. You already know this. Um, Not everyone is good about adhering to this, um, but it really does help train your body to have a natural rhythm in its sleep cycle. If you get out of bed around the same time um, every, every morning and if you go to bed around the same time. So um, most iPhones have this setting, and I'm sure a lot of phones have this setting. You can actually set for yourself a bedtime alarm that reminds you to go to sleep, or hmm, maybe set it 20 minutes before you want to be in bed so that you can gently remind yourself, okay, it's time to get ready for bed soon, and keep yourself accountable that way. So adults, on average, need about seven to nine hours of sleep. Teenagers need a lot more than that, up to 12 12, um, or 13. So look up your age and what is recommended for you. Women, on average, need about 30 minutes more than men. Just an interesting statistic there. So do what you need to do to keep a regular routine. And this is true even if you are having insomnia um, and um, you're having difficulty with that routine, you should still get up at the same time every morning in order to help your body regulate that sleep cycle. Okay, so that's the kind of thing that if you're having difficulty with that, you should definitely check check with a doctor, see if there's anything contributing um, to insomnia, physical reason for that, um, or a a sleep coach, right, like a therapist, because it it can be hard to regulate that. But that's going to be the best thing you can do for your sleep cycle. Temperature. You can use temperature, this is number two, to trigger the body's natural sleep response. You can do this a few different ways. Did you know that the body naturally decreases in temperature while you sleep? So um, this was a cool trick that I learned um, in my studies that because the body naturally cools down as you fall asleep, If you gently warm the body before going to sleep, this is that age-old wisdom of um, drinking a cup of warm milk, 
except with that one, you may have to get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, or, you know, perhaps better, um, you know, taking a warm shower or even warming yourself with a blanket. And then if your surroundings are a little bit cooler, they say, you know, studies say um, it does help if you turn down the temperature in your room, um, you leave kind of a cold toe out of the blanket as your body, if it's already warmed up and it starts to cool down, it turns out that your body's biochemistry can kind of interpret that as, oh, time to fall asleep. So sometimes that helps, if, if, especially if you integrate that um, as part of a routine, right? You warm up the body and then it naturally cools down. Number three, this is really important. Interrupt worry thoughts with a consistent relaxation routine before bed. So this is really important because for the folks I work with, the number one, um, you know, if it's not something physical or diet or medication, side effects, um, you know, besides all of that, anxiety gets in the way of a good sleep routine. And the way anxiety works is that, you know, we as human beings have part of our biology, this whole fight or flight response that is like a natural alarm system. So back in the day, if you heard a twig crack, you know, you'd get up out of, uh, you know, your cave and look for the bear and you try to protect yourself and you would not be able to go to sleep. So today we're lucky enough that we don't typically, at least in, you know, metropolitan areas, um, you know, have bears. Um, and yet we have internal notifications. We have external notifications. We have worry thoughts. And it turns out that our biology is super, um, you know, evolved and designed. And in the modern day, it gets a little tripped up because we have triggers kind of left and right. And it turns out that a worry thought is enough um, to trigger that whole fight or flight response. So there's really, really good um, evidence to support um, um, interrupting those worry thoughts with um, a good relaxation routine. So giving yourself something to do instead of worrying um, can help interrupt that. So Number four goes along with that. There's a huge, powerful body of research that says how you talk to yourself or how you think to yourself also impacts sleep. So we talked about the body's fight or flight response and how it's easy it is to feel like oh, I'm in date. You know, I didn't finish my to-do list. I'm in danger. So the way to interrupt that is to relax the body and show the body, hey, you're safe, it's okay, right? You can also do that, this is that next skill, you can do that with the words that you think. So if you were to go on Google Scholar and look for the best research for how to overcome insomnia, um, part of it would be you know, consulting your doctor, and the other part of it would be saying um, effective things to yourself before you fall asleep. So what do I mean by that? A lot of times people wake up or have trouble falling asleep and they may say something like, oh, here we go again, 
or gosh, I'm not going to, here we go. Another night of lost sleep or even thinking about the next day, man, I'm going to feel awful tomorrow. And what you're doing there is you're making predictions, probably based on bad luck that you've had with sleep in the past. And the danger of that is the way neuroplasticity works, the way you think about things informs your habits and your habits informs your mood. So if you do get stuck in that kind of negative cycle, um, it keeps you awake and you have a hard time falling asleep. So sometimes it can feel cheesy to do this or a little bit unnatural, but simply saying things to yourself like, I'll fall asleep when my body's ready or um, I'll do the things I need to do tomorrow even if I'm tired or um, I'll try a relaxation technique that should help. All of those things, even if it feels like a stretch to say them, but something a little bit positive and, and reinforcing the narrative that you will get back to sleep. You will keep doing the best you can. You don't have to be perf perfectionist about it or say things that feel untrue. But the body, because of that fight or flight response, the body does relax and go more towards sleep if it feels safe to do so. So just to kind of hold in your mind to know that there's a huge body of research that supports this is cognitive behavioral therapy. That's what we're looping in here um, that says that the way you kind of talk to yourself or think to yourself really matters. Okay, so that's number four. Number five, in terms of getting really good sleep, get enough exercise. And experts say you should get at least 30 minutes of exercise every day. Cardio is the best, um, you know, in terms of sleep quality. You're going to sleep much better if you get your cardio in. And also the timing matters. So it's not ideal to exercise right before you go to sleep because you're going to be, you know, wired up. Um, so they say it's better to try to get it in at least three hours before you go to bed. Some people can do it in the morning and it helps them wake up. That feels great. Other people like to split up their day or even kind of separate themselves between work and home. Then you don't, none of these things say, you know, you have to run a marathon or be the best at it. You could bike between work and home. You could take the stairs. You could do a seven-minute workout in your office. All of these things, you already know they're good for you. Now you know it's really good for sleep. Number six, 10 hacks for sleep. Number six, get cozy, really cozy. Just kind of like, mmm, kind of simmer in the coziness before you go to bed. And the way I like to think about this is treat yourself almost the way you would a small toddler getting ready for bed. If you can get those footsie pajamas, do that. You know, dress yourself in the comfiest pajamas. Make sure the bed is, you know, clean sheets. You want to get in that space. Read yourself a nice bedtime story. Have those calming rituals, since, you know, such as a bath, meditation, journaling, all of those things signal to your body it's time to get ready for bed. Make it a complete pleasure. A lot of times when people have had problems sleeping, they get a little bit stressed and anxious, almost like, what's tonight 
going to be like. So getting yourself cozy turns that into a pleasure. Okay, all of these things may take a little time to kind of develop the kind of habituation for your body to get into the rhythm of sleep, but it definitely increases the odds that you will. Okay, number seven on that list of hacks, use your bed only for sleep. Hopefully you've heard this before, probably have. Use your bed only for sleep or sex. Um, but other than that, don't watch TV, check email, stare at the ceiling when you can't fall asleep. That teaches your brain the bed is for staring at the ceiling or thinking about work or being on a screen. So if you're awake for 20 minutes or more and struggling to fall asleep, studies say that you should um, get out of bed and do something relaxing before returning to bed. So take a kind of lap around the apartment or the house, go, um, you know, do something else and then give it another try. Give it another try. But it's okay to take a break and come back. Which brings us to hack number eight, bore yourself to sleep. That goes along really well with the one before. So if you are not sleepy, your body's not tired, do something absolutely boring. Maybe this podcast will help bore you to sleep. There are actually podcasts out there. I found one called uh, Sleep With Me podcast, and it's designed to give you, a. they call it a lulling, droning, boring bedtime story to distract your racing mind. You can also do things like read the dictionary, count by sevens. Um, can you imagine the most boring conversation you've ever had in your whole life and try to replay that in your mind? See how long it takes you to fall asleep. Okay? Hack number nine. Pay attention to what you put in your body and how it affects your sleep. So there's a lot of cultural wisdom about, you know, what foods make you sleep better or worse. Uh, check your medications for side effects. Um, even natural herbs or teas. Sometimes people think they're natural and so they forget to think about that. Um, heavy meals before you go to sleep and drinking alcohol also interrupt the sleep cycle. A lot of people have such a hard time sleeping and they find that alcohol helps them fall asleep. So they get a little bit tricked into kind of fall, leaning on that habit. And what they find is that their sleep cycle is more poor quality because they tend to get awakened then three or four hours later when the alcohol metabolizes and um, also just kind of the restlessness. So you don't tend to get that good quality sleep. So just in every way, shape and form, if you're taking a new medication or changing medication or seeing your sleep interrupted, look at how diet, um, you know, all of the kind of substances that go into your body and, and, and talk to a medical professional about that. So that's the last, uh, number 10, you know, the last hack on the list is if you have tried everything and you're getting really frustrated, you sleep is one of the number one ingredients when we look at mental health and wellness. So it's a really stress, stressful place to hang out by yourself. So the last hack is if you're still having a hard time, talk to your doctor. You can also, in addition to that, talk to a behavior health professional. So that includes any kind of um, psychotherapist 
And what they can do is look at your routine with you and give you their professional opinion about any targeted strategies that would work for you. So we talked about, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy. That maybe sounds great to you. Sometimes it's hard to do that without a little bit of support and, um, and a coach. So sleep is one of those things. It's an example of something that you can kind of boost your skills quickly over a short period of time, and it can make a big difference in your life. Um, and these, this is an example of one of these therapy concepts where you don't have to kind of um, dive deep into all your most stressful problems to see an impact in the mood, in your mood for the better. So do a little experiment. That's my invitation for you. See what you can do. Maybe your sleep routine is already pretty good. See if there's one or two things that you could do to just optimize it a little bit more. And then when you notice that, that improved sleep, what spillover effect does that have for you? I'll be really curious to hear um, what folks say about that. So feel free to comment on the episode or uh, find me at therapyforreallife.com. You can message me there. And I look forward to hearing um, what you have to say about this show. Have a great day. Take care. Mm-hmm.